Sean Cuffey is the founder and VP of operations at the Art Experiential Project. Sean has been active in the arts and entertainment industry for over 25 years, working with the dance, fashion, music, and in the film, TV industry. Sean radiates in the international entertainment industry as a force in planning and designing exquisite galas, such as his signature Black Diamond Ball, celebrated during Black History Month right here in Canada. Sit back and listen as Sean shares his journey and exceptional talent for how he has built his brand for hosting numerous high-profile events and clients. Growing up, I always wanted to see more people who looked like me that were successful. Can I afford to take a risk to follow my dreams? We are excited to bring you the Make Your Mark podcast, Hosted by philanthropist Kim Niles. The Make Your Mark podcast allows you to hear personal stories of resilience by professionals and public figures of color. Our guests unapologetically share their triumphs, lessons learned, and how they found balance in their experiences. Tune in to equip yourself with strategies and coping mechanisms on how to boldly make your mark. Subscribe and listen now. Hello, Sean. Welcome to the Make Your Mark talk show. Thank you for having me. It is truly my pleasure. I've been to the Black Diamond Ball. I love it. It's such a grand affair and I can't get to wait for our viewers to really find out about the man behind this big ball. (laughs) And the great thing about it is that everybody's welcome this year. I know. I saw that. And it's on my birthday. Wow. 27th of February in the house. (laughs) Right? So, Sean, I'd love for you to tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and your journey to even getting into starting the Black Diamond Ball. Jeez, how long do I have? (laughs) This is your show, so take what you need. I'll try to do it in a nutshell. So um, pretty much, you know, I moved to Canada when I was about six years old. And, you know, I lived downtown for a very short time. And then I moved up to Jane and Finch, where I spent uh, most of my time. Then I moved down to Jane and Shepherd. So I was always in that kind of an area. And one day I just woke up. I was I, I slept in my sister's basement. <laughs> That's where I was. And I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to start a dance studio, right? So I pretty much got up that day, ran upstairs, said, I'm going to start a dance studio. And I literally did. I started a dance company called DLM Dance and Entertainment. And um, I had one person, then I had two people, then I had no people, then I had six people, then I had four people. And then it just grew and grew. And then eventually I was able to have my own 3,000 square foot studio. And then I bought another 4,000 square foot studio um, in Woodbridge. I don't do the studio thing anymore because I, I keep on reinventing myself. I've been doing it for a really long time. Um, anyway, so I started that uh, dance company and I figured that, you know, dancers don't make a lot of money. So I got to start doing more things. So I started choreographing and I ended up falling into fashion where I was asked to do some stuff for a fashion company and I fell right into it. They flew me to New York and LA and all over the world. We went on cruise ships, all sorts of stuff. But the reason why they kept on flying me was all of a sudden I kept on winning all these fashion awards and all these dance awards for designing these shows. And we were competing against companies from around the world. So literally it was companies all around the world. 
um, competing. There was like 7,000 of us in a ballroom in the middle of Manhattan, New York. And I would be like, Sean Cuffey, first place. Ah! It was crazy. So I got really good at it. And my agent kept on pushing me. So she's the one who made me believe that I could do this. Because after I won, I literally filled up a whole trophy case in about three, four years at this company that I worked with. And after I realized that I was that good, my agent kept on saying, you need to do your own thing. And that's when I really started going for it. Um, So I just had people just in my ear. um, And I guess the trophies. One year I won first place in modeling, in fashion, dance, and something else that I worked on. It was three huge components. And I won first place in every area. I almost was like, did this company pay off this these people because like this is like heavy duty stuff anyway so we just i just filled up that trophy case and i just got confidence to um keep on going and i kept on reinventing myself so from that i had the fashion under um my tails then i had a um the director of that company told like the miss world canada people listen you got to use this guy i got hired on the spot so i started doing the miss world pageant um so i got that done as well so I was in dance, I was in fashion, I was in choreography. And then um, I started doing some shows for TD. I started with one simple show and then it ended up being about 40 shows a year I used to do for TD Bank. Literally, it was so many shows. I was constantly building and designing shows. So when you saw any of the festivals like um, Salsa on St. Clair, the Asian festival, the South Asian festival, the Chinese festival, uh, Black History Month events, um, Pride Festival, all of that stuff, when you saw dancers and performers, was me. So I did that all for TD. And that was just one of my clients because I did Air Canada, I did PricewaterhouseCoopers, I did Rogers Communications. So wow. all this stuff pumping at me. And because of my experience um, with all the other facets, I was able to pull things in and put things together um, effectively. And and here I am today. And I always said I would never do my own events because it's so difficult to do your own events. And I'm over the top. At least if I work for a company, they'll be like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't spend that money. Well, now I'm doing my own events. Of course, it's over the top, right? And um, it's become a staple. And I'm trying really hard to get it sustainable. It's, it's, it's hard, you know, when you start something new and fresh, it's a little bit more challenging, even though it looks like, you know, people are like, wow, this is the most elaborate thing. He must be so rich doing this. <laughs> they don't have a clue. It is actually really, really difficult. I start in, like last year, I started in about June. And it's crunch time now because the event is coming up, but I started in June and it takes me a really long time to put this stuff together. Lots of moving parts. And it's actually really challenging and really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging, but it's fun in the end. Right. So we like making people happy. So what fuels you to do it? Is it the end result? It's the end result. So I like seeing people happy. I like when people are excited and having fun and having a good time in a celebratory way. So. Black History Month, you know, there's a lot of uh, history and stuff that, you know, we've gone through and we've gone through some hard times. So this is a celebratory event of it all um, to showcase where we've come to, right? This is to show that, you know, we can have the best events. We can have the best singers. We can have the best scholars. We can have the best business people. Like we just need a chance. And actually I was given a chance And I must say, I'm going to give TD credit for that because they really gave me a chance. And because they gave me a chance, I was able to do these things on the scale that, you know, a person like me usually would not be able to because I don't know any other dancer in the city because I used to be a dancer. 
who has done what I have done. And there's room for more. We just need a chance. Absolutely. So, Sean, you are basically just creative. You're creative like at like nature. Like that is your gift because you move from being a dancer to being now a director on a very big scale. I remember the first time I went to the Black Diamond Ball at the Fairmount and I was like thrown. I was like, wow. I, like, I remember walking in and you just had this feeling. And I'm going to say the word, I just felt like a princess. I felt like a queen just walking in the gala and the stairs to go up. And I just, it just felt majestic. Mm -hmm. It really did. And I think that you do accomplish that because, you know, you say you go over the top. I agree. You go over the top. Over the top. (laughs) But it does, your work is not in vain because the clients coming in, your guests coming in, we all have that feeling. Yes. So, of, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I, I actually literally curate it to make sure you have that feeling, right? So once you get past maybe the ticketing, <laughs> once you get past, <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to make sure that you feel like you're taken away from everyday world, your everyday stress. You're just celebrating with your community, with your people, with the artists on stage and with all the people in the room. You just celebrate and say, wow, we can do this too. This is our thing. You know, this is our thing. And it is our thing. Right. And I decided to make sure that everyone feels a certain way when they walk into that room. Sean, would you say you you dreamt up the Black Diamond Ball? Oh, girl. (laughs) I used to go to an event uh, years ago called Fashion Cares. I don't know if you heard of it before. Some people have it. Anyway, it was a it's a massive fashion gala that's usually held in Toronto and L.A. every year. Um, They don't do it anymore here. Um, but um, I'm not sure if they still do it in LA, but it's a massive event. So they had all kinds of celebrities and it was just a big elaborate event that the ticket was super uh, fun to get, let's just say. And um, I did approach the guy who was running it. And I said, listen, I design events too. You know, I'd like to help if I can help. I mean, of course they never asked me for help, but I was fine. I studied that. Like I was watching it. I'm like, one day I'm going to have my own event. Now, this is me in my twenties. I'm no longer in my twenty, um, so uh, I I was I was so excited, and I said, you know what, I am going to do my own event one day, and then boom, the Black Diamond Ball. I came up with the concept because I asked TD Bank. I said, what are you guys missing? What is that one thing that's missing? You know, whatever. And they said to me, you know, we're missing that star-studded gala. That's that thing for Black people that. You know, it's just like star studded. I said, perfect. I said, if you're serious, I have the perfect show because on my computer, I have like 10 shows. I'm not even kidding. And they're not even launched yet. Like I still have the Vanguard, which is like a Met Gala event. That's the next event coming. It's going to be, if you like the ball, hmm, right? Anyway, so um, they gave me that chance. They said, you know, we need that event. I said, perfect. I said, I have it. I pitched it to them. They're like, oh my God, this sounds perfect. They gave me the chance and boom, I ran with it. And here we are six years later, the Black Diamond Ball. Amazing. So that, that's crazy. That's crazy. Cause it was like, you were going to this show and you were seeing all the things, the opportunities you wanted to be a part of it. And then you got the opportunity to actually implement all the things that you saw and actually take it to a next level. Absolutely. And that was the plan and I did it. Good for you. (laughs) So one of the consistent things, Sean, you keep mentioning is you reinvent yourself all the time. How do you know when to reinvent yourself? 
Okay. So they're just, for me, it, there just becomes a point where you're like, okay, I've reached this certain level and I can't see myself getting higher. I've plateaued. So what else can I do in, in the field? So even though I reinvent myself, it's still in the field of entertainment. What can I do next? What is the other thing that I can add to what I already know to take it to the next level? And that's what I did. So literally I started as a dancer and then I went into being a choreographer and then I went into having a dance studio. Then I went into managing all the dancers and designing shows. And then I went into, you know, um, corporate events and, and, and now I'm into my own events. So it's just constantly climbing, right? And then throughout that journey, my uh, idea was to figure out what's going to set me apart from everybody else. What can I do that's going to make people notice me? So I said, okay, well, Toronto is a big city. We should have massive galas and events just like the States. I'm like, we're missing that. So I was like, perfect opportunity. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to put on those classy high-level events cultural events, which highlight communities and people, connects communities and people, and and make the magic happen and make everyone feel like a million dollars so that they can walk away saying, you know what, my next event, I'm going to do it like this. And literally, I hear people saying, you know, because um, I have friends coming back to me saying, it's so funny. A client just called me and they said that they want their event and have they heard of the Black Diamond Ball? Well, they want their event to look like the Black Diamond Ball. And we would both be laughing on the phone because they're like, yeah, little do they know I know you. <laughs> right? So, you know, things like that. And that's what I want. Like people are talking about it throughout the banks, throughout Rogers Communications, a sponsor, like everybody in Rogers is buzzing. Like I, I got Toronto on lock. <laughs> right. So I just keep on reinventing myself and I will continue to do that. What would you say is one of your biggest accomplishments? Um. One moment, my phone is okay. Um, I think that uh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> the ball. The ball is definitely one of my biggest accomplishments. And, and the reason why I say that is because I have met so many people through the ball, and I didn't realize that so many more people know who I am. Because now, when I walk into a room, it's the weirdest. I'm not big enough myself, but I could hear literally people whispering, oh my God, that's the guy from the black side of the ball. And I, and I hear all kinds of things. Oh, look at what he's wearing. I don't, I don't even dress up, but I have, a, I have a designer who gives me, like who dresses me for events. So, you know, um, and, and these are things that come with it, right? So um, I definitely believe that the ball is, is, one of the biggest events. And the other thing about that that makes me feel that way is literally I have all the banks in the city buzzing about it. The biggest communication company buzzing about it. Um, people randomly are buzzing about it. And I see posts throughout the entire year um, on Instagram with people from the ball and pictures and such. So I'm just like, wow, this thing has really taken off. So, and even the clientele, even the people who attend the ball, I have people from Ottawa Parliament to City Hall to Queen's Park. They're all at the ball, doctors, lawyers. We have construction owners, builders. We have, we have a really um, powerful thing going on in that room. It's, it's the ultimate networking event, I think, of the year, actually. Um, and that's what made me feel that, you know what, we've, we've created something here. And I say we because it's for all of us. And I'm not the only one who put it together. It's my concept. But I have um, you know, some people behind me who, who are really um, supportive and helpful. And I have a, a group of champions who always call me and they literally are like pushing it, pushing me, giving me advice, helping me. 
with any needs and such. And yeah, so the, definitely the Black Diamond Ball. You've definitely opened Pandora's box. Oh, I did. Sure. <laughs> oh, I did. Because I can't even do a low-key event anymore. Everyone's like, oh, it's Sean's event, so we know it's going to be like this. And I'm like, no, that's only one event. But nope, that's the thing. It has to be, if it's Sean's event, it has to be a big event. I would definitely say that you're hu- very humble with it. Because I remember coming to the event the first time, and they were like, yeah, that's the guy that puts it on. I'm like... You were like, you were actually so busy. You looked like you were like, you wanted to make sure everything was under control. And you, I don't even know if you actually enjoy your own event. (laughs) That's a question right there. Because you were like everywhere. And it was like, that's him. I'm thinking he should be like here, just like standing off, just taking it all in. But you were like everywhere. So concerned more so about how everybody, how everyone else's experience was. So do you actually enjoy the ball? Well, every year I promise myself that I'm going to. <laughs> I, I've promised myself many years. One year I was able to sit down. I think um, Carrie Hilson, maybe year three, I think I was able to sit down and actually catch at least 15 minutes of the show because I've never, I have never seen the show before. Um, and it's so bad because I put the whole, I designed the whole thing and then I handed it off to the stage guy to, you know, make sure it all flows. I, and only one year I was able to catch about 15, 20 minutes of the show. So, um, one, one day I will get to really enjoy it. I promise myself every year, this year, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to, you know, mingle with everybody. I'm going to talk with everybody. That's what I always say, but it just doesn't seem to happen that way. <laughs> Looking to consolidate your debt? In the market to purchase your first home? Interested in acquiring an investment property? Look no further. More Freedom is here to serve you. We aim to furnish our clients with the power and the confidence over their finances and a sense of accomplishment of taking the first step to get there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Want More Freedom. And you can always connect with us via our website at morefreedom.ca. So, Sean, how, because you are definitely a visual person, creative, and the experience you create is so majestic, really. How was it for you pivoting now to a virtual platform? How are you dealing with that? So that has been extremely challenging. I'll tell you why. When the Black Diamond Ball finished uh, 2020, after the ball, we had, I had everybody and their mother after me saying, you know what, we're going to support you next year. We're going to support you even more. Yada, yada, yada. And then when it was time for all of that support, they either pulled out, they, uh, so they either pulled out, they dropped us, they reduced the funding. Or it just didn't happen. So so that was rough. And then the other thing is, I am so not technologically inclined. So, right? So now any new sponsors were asking questions about platforms and, you know, how were we going to do the ball this year? And it was hard for me to describe and answer them because I was still learning and trying to attend as many virtual events as possible so that I understood virtual events and made sure that I can keep up 
uh, with the best of them. So it was, it was, and it is still is really challenging. COVID is also having a massive effect. I mean, I mean, obviously the, the effect of this is the pivoting is because of COVID because, you know, I just got um, my crew who was going to shoot the virtual ball. They got in contact with someone with COVID. So now they are all gone, right? So we have to get a whole new crew to to deal with that. And we have so much technical things because this year, if you don't know yet, um, the ball is going to be televised across Canada on City TV. So we need a full, like, hardcore crew because now I'm going national and I need to really look the part, right? So um, it's been really challenging. So I'm very curious to see how I pull this off with less money, no ticket sales, by the way. But we are asking for donations. So if people, hopefully people attend and they donate whatever they can because we don't want to have any barriers this year. Everyone's going through a rough time. So they can just log on and watch us online uh, or they can watch us the next day on uh, City TV. Um, and they'll find out more information at um, blackdiamondballto.com. Um, but they can just do it that way. And if they want to donate, they can. And if they don't want to, they can just, you know, sit back and enjoy the show. So at least they'll know what the Black Diamond Ball is all about. Get some eyeballs uh, out of some homes, you know, and, you know, we'll just become more popular um, by doing that. But we we really um, are going to push hard to try to get the ball to be a little bit more sustainable. Um, it's a really expensive event. And um, we want to make sure that, you know, it's here for a long time and for our people to enjoy and everybody else as well. Sean, I believe that by you having the opportunity to go national on TV to showcase the how profound the Black Diamond Ball is, I can't wait for 2022 because right. I believe, and that should I use that as your fuel because I believe once the world gets to see it, it's going to take it to another level. Like you say, you like over the top. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get over the top. <laughs> Guaranteed. Sean, how do you find balance in all of this for yourself? Oh, I don't. <laughs> it's actually really bad. Okay, so um, I wake up early. Um, it's I wake up early and I try to do a little 10-minute exercise. And honestly, I am going all day. So today, I mean, I have meetings all day. I've been on the phone all day. My phone's been ringing since we've been on this call. Um, I have to go out and get fitted for the ball today, actually. Um, and I just have meetings all week, all day, all night. So I literally, I don't do much um, during this time. When the ball is over, um, I try to just relax. Uh, this year, I'll be planning a, a, brand, a brand new event, which is the Vanguard, which is that, that Met Gala event. I've been working on that for a while. Um, so I'll be planning that. And it just gives me more time. But I'll be able to relax a little bit more, find more balance, um, cook a little bit. I'm chef trained. <laughs> so I, I like to eat good food. My mother always said, Sean, you got such a sweet mouth because I always make things in wine sauce and all this crazy stuff. Um, but I'll, I'll find a little bit more balance usually when the ball is done. So um, how do I find balance in all of this? I don't. <laughs> oh no. A lot of hard work. But it's okay. It only goes on. It's only two months of, you know, it's only two months. So I, we can, we can, I have the other 10 months to, to have fun. Usually I travel a lot and go on adventures and stuff. And obviously I can't do that anymore. But um, I'm sure I can find other things to keep me occupied. I'm creative. You are definitely creative. So, Sean, during this time of the pandemic, what has replaced traveling for you? 
So um, what have I been doing? So I've been walking more than I ever have before. So I've discovered all these amazing trails by my house. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I. there's all these crazy trails. So I'm in the junction. And I did not realize, like we, and it's close to Lakeshore and all that stuff. So I've gone on some walks and I've discovered some really crazy trails. So I've, I've enjoyed that a lot. So I just go out with friends walking early in the morning um, when I am free. What else am I doing that's interesting? I've been cooking a lot more. I've been, <laughs> been making, I've been making turtles cookies. Oh. And, and I've been making banana bread with turtles and O. Henry bars. <laughs> It's so bad. It's so, but it's so good. It's so good. Let me tell you. So I, I've been doing that. Um, and uh, when I cook, I'll cook well. So I make sure I eat well. Good. And walking is so good for you. Like that's actually the thing that has helped me through the pandemic is I discovered how, like I would, obviously I knew walking was good for you, but now I'm clocking in five to seven K a day. And even in the cold, I go out like this morning I went out rucking and I just love it. So good for you. Yes. I have never, ever in my life walked this much in Toronto. I do not. Every All my friends laugh at me because if I go to a mall, I'll literally get in my car to drive to the other side of the mall. Like literally, it's so bad. <laughs> but now I walk everywhere. I, I, I literally just walk and walk and walk and walk and walk for hours. It's crazy. So um, I've discovered some new things. So I'm, I'm happy about that. It's therapeutic. Yes, it is. Yes. I listen to music. I call people or I just think. Sean, what would you say your greatest fear is? My greatest fear? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good question. I did think about that before, but I don't remember what I came up with. But what I've discovered is I, I didn't realize it until the ball. But so I, I, I was wondering what was going on with me at the ball because um, I felt really weird. And I realized, I don't know if it was stress or anxiety, but I think it was both. Um, but people made me really nervous. So I was reading something and I realized that it said, you know, introverts, because I actually duck and hide from everyone. Right. And at the ball, guess what? Everyone wants to take pictures. Everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to see you. Everyone wants to congratulate you. And it's it's a lot of energy. So I started taking in too much people's energy. So I'm like, I feel all revved up. Like I have I have too much energy in me. Um, so I realized that I'm very fearful of being around a lot of people. And I can't avoid it though in my business. I cannot avoid it. And it's only when I'm working. It's only when I'm working. So if I'm not working, I can handle a crowd. But if I'm working, the energy, but I think it's a fear of me knowing people are judging me. Because uh, the thing is, I mean, I have ears everywhere. So you hear lots of things, you know, you hear lots of good things. You hear lots of bad things. You hear a lot of things that are not true. Like you hear all kinds of things. And um, I think that uh, my biggest fear is, is people judging me. So I'm very nervous at interviews. Um, I am very nervous on stage. I'm very nervous in front of a camera. Because I think it's just the judgment of people. Because for me, I'm just here to give you a good time and I'll do everything to make sure you enjoy yourself and have a good time. If people are not having a good time, you know, I don't want people to say, ah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He can't, you know, even put together a show, blah, blah, blah. That's all I know, right? So I don't know. I think I just have a fear of people judging me. So how have you learned to deal with that fear in the moment? Because you continue, you're about to put out another magnificent show, I'm sure. 
And how do you deal with it in the moment? So in the moment, I self-talk, right? So I'll say things like, you know what? It's going to be okay. I said, you know what? Everybody has to go this, go through this who plans shows. Um, it's regular. And you know what? People are really here to have a good time. Like no one's going to come to an event to talk about you or to have a bad time. So, you know, just, you know, go with the flow. Uh, let people have their fun and think positive and just execute your show to the best of your ability and and everything will be all right. So pretty much I just have to self-talk and I literally say those things to myself. And then also I have people around me who are like, you're going to be good, you're going to be okay. Like they literally are in my ear. So, um, but you won't see it. You won't see it in talking to me. You won't see it in taking a picture with me because I've, at one Black Diamond Ball, I actually like freaked out. Like I absolutely freaked out backstage. And I was too, I was going on stage in one minute and I went up on stage and you swear nothing was wrong. All the pictures were great. Everything was great. And I don't know what happened. Right. So it was, it was just energy. So yeah. Tell us about a time you felt like giving up. Like you were putting on all these shows for all these big companies, even before TD Air Canada. And you were just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So I've never, I don't think I felt, I don't remember feeling that way um, with anybody else's show. Um, with the Black Diamond Ball, though, that's what I did it, right? Because, again, everybody's looking at you. So you're getting, you're hearing all these things. Like, literally, I'll be on stage. And there's people in the audience, so I'd hear after the ball is all done and complete what people were saying. So um, there was a ball, last year's ball, actually. I invited everyone to breakfast the next day. I said, you know, I'm going to have a few people come to breakfast. You know, I'd like you guys to come to breakfast with me and all this wonderful stuff. And then I hear back people, um, someone was sitting beside a cousin of mine, and they're like, who does he think he is? They think he's some sort of celebrity. I'm just like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm inviting you to breakfast with me. <laughs> like, you don't have to pay for it. You just got to come. I'm going to be there. We're going to socialize, have a good time. Right. So hearing things like that. And I'm just like, you know what? I just can't. I'm like, I can't. It's too much energy. People are not happy. But I know the truth because I get way more positive feedback than I do negative. Tired of being tired? Seeking to build your self-confidence. Are you feeling uncomfortable in your skin? It's time to move with Kim. Studies have shown that in this era of exponential growth of the metabolic syndrome and obesity, lifestyle modifications have been proven to be one of the most effective ways to improve your health and quality of life. Let's chat about your goals and how we will get you there. Send your inquiries to hello at kimniles.com and let's start conditioning your mental and physical health today. How do you handle, and I'm going to be just raw with this because I, I feel that's the only way to be. How do you handle putting on such a gala and sometimes the pushback that you may get from our community? Yeah, so <laughs> I've gotten that too. I think they have it wrong. I mean, there's a little for there's a rule, a little bit of something for everybody. Everything is not going to be for everybody. So my thing is if you think that I'm pricing you out of the market, there's other events you can go to. If you think that my event is too European, there's other events you can go to. If you think that I just don't know what I'm doing, 
there's other events you can go to. You don't have to go to my events, but for me, my event is to make the people who I make happy, happy, which is a lot of people. And, um, you know, people have their own personal issues and people think that, you know, they should always be loud and try to bring down others. And my thing is, if you love yourself and you love your community, you're going to look for the best in that because everything about any particular thing can't be bad if it's a good thing that's happening. And the ball is a good thing that's happening. So the whole ball can't be awful. So I've had people say, oh, I had such a bad time at the ball. So I, of course, I want to know why to make it better. The answer is, oh, I didn't like this performer. I said, okay, what else? They're like, oh, nothing else. I just didn't like that performer. So I said, that one performer ruined the whole ball for you. You could have walked out of the room. You could have went to the photo activations. You could have went to the gifting lounge. You could have went to the shopping area. There's so many other things you could have done. But they're like, oh, I didn't think about that. And I said, a little bit of everything first, a little bit of something for everybody. I don't expect you to like everything that happens, but hopefully you'll like most of the things that happens because somebody else will like the other things that are happening as well. So it's not all about you. You know, it's about us and you don't have to criticize. You can say, you know what? That wasn't my favorite performance, but everything else was great, right? But that's not what you hear. You hear, oh, I didn't like this. And then when you go to the root of it, you find out that, you know, it wasn't the case. But they still told everybody that they didn't like it, not realizing what they were doing. And that's the sad part. When something, when people aren't looking at the big picture, they spread, they start to spread a false opinion, right. unfortunately. And, you know, I, I love how you said that. It's not, not everything is for everyone. That's something I say all the time. Someone will say to me, you know, Kim, your prices are a little too much. That's okay. Uh, that's why the dollar store was created. And then there's another store. <laughs> right, right. Bottom line. What is the number one lesson you've learned as a leader? Um, honestly, to just be positive, you just gotta be positive and, um, share the love. I think that most of the negativity comes from you hating things, hating, and hating things means hating lots and many things and talking about it and exuding it and channeling it and stuff. Um, positivity, love, that's it. That's it. Who is someone that's made a big impression on you becoming who you are today? Let's see. Who has done that? I think it's a multitude of people because, as I said, my agent said, you need to do this. My uncle's like, you need to go there and just do that. My father's like, you gotta just need to try this and try to do that. I think it was a collaboration of, of people telling me things because I always take in the heavy positive. So if you're talking about stuff, you know, out of that, I'll pick the biggest and most positive thing for me and, and make that work. And I think um, it's been a number of people who I pulled the best from. Um, and they actually had a significant impact in uh, making me, uh, you know, the person I am today and making me go where I am today. They actually instilled confidence in me. What is your definition of success and how do you measure it? All right. So for me, success is knowing where you're going. Right. So for me, I set goals. I have set, I remember, I set, when I was really young, I set goals. I, my goal was to own my own house and have a dance studio and have a car. That was it. I'm like, if I could do that, I'm the man. I didn't even realize when I actually hit that goal. Because at 29 years old, I had all of that. 29 years old, I actually hit my goals. And I probably didn't realize until I was 30-something. And then I was like, oh, my God, I hit my goal. 
So it was it was very cool. And then I'm like, what's next? And then I started doing some really crazy things. So like honestly, from my goals to where I am now, I have done some crazy things. If only people knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have far surpassed my goals. I've done good with my basic goals. And what would you attribute to accomplishing your goals? Um, it was uh perseverance, passion, and um keeping positive. And honestly, the big picture, it's all about the big picture. Like I know where I'm going. I know, like, I'm like, I want this. I want to do this. I want it to look like this. And that's all. So everything that I do will lead to that. Everything. So if I watch TV, it's leading to my goal. If I eat some food, it's leading to my goal. Everything I do leads to that goal. Because by, as my grandmother used to say, by the hook of the crook, I will get there. (laughs) You're very intentional. I'm very intentional, goal orientated, and I'm I'm passionate about when I want something. Like my friends all had cottages, and um, not all of them. I had some particular friends; they had their cottages and all this stuff. But I'm just like, I need one of those. I had I have to figure out how to do that, and then I would just work towards it. And that's the bottom line. What is your definition of resilience? Resilience. I don't know. What is my definition of resilience? Honestly. Maybe just some passion to get you where you like to get you doing and getting where you want to get. It's just a passion thing. Like you just have to know that I am going to do this and I'm going to drive and I'm just going to make it happen no matter what. And again, everything you do got to lead to wherever you want to go, whatever you want to resolve, whatever you need to get to, wherever you need to go. You just need to just keep on pushing. It's just push, push, push. That's my, that's my philosophy. Just keep pushing it. You know, I find that it's, you, you face so many roadblocks in anything that you're going to do. And I think even when you, when we're chatting a little earlier in regards to pivoting online, I am so interested to see what it's going to look like the Black Diamond Ball this year, because (laughs) I know the experience of the in-person experience, right? Right. Right. So I am very interested in to see how you're going to pivot because it's only going to make you so much stronger. Right. Um, listen, I think this is more opportunities too, because I've always said, oh, I'm going to do this online too, or it'd be great if we can make this into a TV show. Like, look what's happening. Boom, I got a TV deal across Canada, right? I got a TV deal across Canada. It's sick. And not only that, I got commercials on all kinds of airwaves. I have TV commercials coming out soon. We just secured the TV commercials. And actually, we just designed it today. And I'm like, I've never designed a TV commercial before. I've never really, because radio ads, usually I'd pay my um, PR to get the radio ads done. Literally, I pick the music. I pick the speaker. I put the whole thing together. Of course, I have a team who still helps with scripting and making sure it happens. But I literally planned and designed what that's going to look and feel like. And um I was so impressed. Like, if you listen to the radio on some of those stations, they have, you know, and it's across Rogers Station. So we have ads uh, just started yesterday and the TV ad should be coming by next week. So we'll be seeing that all over the place. So I got to produce my first radio commercial. I got to produce my very first TV commercials. And next I'm going to produce my very own virtual and TV show. So executive producer now. (laughs) Why not? And you know, it's so, it's so funny because I've always thought myself of doing stuff online, but the pandemic forced me to. 
It really did. So I'm building a whole nother skill set. Although I obviously love being in person. I love the in-person experience. But now I'm getting so much stronger. Just like you, I don't like technology. Technology is not my friend. Like, trust me when I tell you, it's not my friend. But it's made me so much stronger. And it's really helped me to open my mind to understanding it. Because before, I wouldn't have to deal with it. So I didn't. right? Right. So... Sean, do you believe you've tapped into your authentic self? Um, what is my authentic self? That is a good question. I think you got me there. Um, I don't know if I have yet, but I'm going to tell you this. By the time I'm finished at least my second major event, I think I will. Because all the elements of me are in my events. So only some of it is in the Black Diamond Ball. I think the rest of it's going to come out in the Vanguard. So it'll be all of me within those two events. And I think at that time, <laughs> you will see who I am. It, and also, you know, I'm always ducking and hiding and trying to, you know, I, too much energy, too much energy. But there's only so much of that you can do. My PR tells me off every day, you need to go. We need to see your face. I'm like, no, no interviews. <laughs> they forced me to do interviews. I would never do an interview. I would duck and hide. So... Are you ready to talk about Vanguard? Because you've made, you've commented about it a few times. Oh, I can talk a tiny bit about it, but I okay. mean, <laughs> if you talk have... a little bit because you're teasing me now. Okay, so the Vanguard. Um, think of the Black Diamond Ball on steroids. Um, the uh, the Vanguard is pro- it's going to be open to more cultures, so it'll be a more multicultural event. Um, so it will focus on many cultures. And um, it is heavy in fashion and arts um, and um, beautiful things, right? So we're going to have beautiful displays. So the first Vanguard, I'll just tell you because nobody would really understand. I know someone in California who owns a mine. And they have all this crazy, precious gems. And they're even in the Guinness Book of World Records. And it was going to be at the first... Black Diamond, I'm sorry, first Vanguard. They were going to bring it in and uh, security of the whole nine yards. It was millions of dollars worth of things that you've never seen before. And it was placed on like beautiful skulls. It was on like Queen's crowns. Like it was crazy. And um, you would have been able to come and see this. So every Vanguard will have a special arts display um, and community arts display, as well as uh, heavy cultural aspects heavy fashion, um, and the show would be very controversial. It's not for the weak of heart. Um, The show will be very controversial, um, but very impactful. And uh, you can just come and be you and have a great, great, great time. And I I have a lot of support for it, Um, but uh, it's it's hard to launch in this atmosphere. Um, So I'm trying to figure out how to do that online um, gently so that when the real event comes, people will lose their minds. Um, You can't even get a ticket to it. You have to know what is called a, um, so we have representatives, right? So you have to know a co-chair and that co-chair has 10 tickets and you would have to know who that co-chair is. So we we may post up the co-chair. So if you know them, we can hit them up, but they only have 10 tickets and, you know, it's, you can't even get in because even as it stands right now, the event is not even created yet and i'm telling you it's sold out because i have everybody who i told gently about it saying oh my goodness what am i gonna wear how's my hair gonna be and i'm like well i don't have tickets 
the co-chairs have tickets. And I did that on purpose because there's no way everyone would kill me. <laughs> they're not gonna, they're gonna be so upset at me. And I'm like, I don't have tickets. I don't have tickets. You have to get it from a co-chair. So you gotta know somebody. I'll tell you who they are. So just go to them and ask them. <laughs> right? Wonderful. What a what a definitely exclusive, inclusive but exclusive event. Absolutely. So it's the Met Gala um, Canadian style. International <laughs> event, though, it'll be posed as an international event because we're going to coordinate with other um, communities around the world, um, and then the final event will be in Canada. Sean, what would your best piece of advice be? Um, you know what? Reach for the stars. Like honestly, you have. My bottom line, like this is the way I do it. I think of my end goal. I'm like, okay, Sean. If you want to be owning a building and if you want to have 10 cars, you know, how are you going to get there? Like, so the bottom line is I need to know my ultimate goal and every single thing I do in life works towards that goal. I set timelines and every move I make will work towards that goal. I'm not trying to do anything that's going to deviate or distract from that goal. Everything will lead me to where I ultimately want to go. Sean, as we begin to wrap up, tell us what to expect on this beautiful day, February 27th, on, uh, about the Black Diamond Ball. What should we expect? All right. So on the 27th, the Black Diamond Ball is happening on Hopin. That's the platform. Um, it starts at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, it is, you know what? It's going to be a great show. I put together a great lineup of Canadian artists. And um, I am just hoping that everyone still gets dressed up. So we're going to give you incentives to dress up. You know, our sponsors are like Puma and RBC, and we have some great sponsors. We're going to try and give you guys reasons to dress up. And we just want people to just, you know, have a good time with us. You know, we've been so stressed. We've been going through a lot because of this pandemic. And um, we're just going to try and make people feel like, you know what, there's no barriers here. You are able to come to this event. It's free. Watch it on your TV. Watch it on your computer, wherever you watch it. And just have a good time. Hang out with some with your family members. You, um, you know, cook some good food. <laughs> you know, have some drinks ready. And just have a good time. Dress up, look good. Take some pictures. Send it to us. Win some prizes, even. You know, absolutely. Dress up. We want you to still dress up. I'm going to dress up. And, um, yeah, and we even have an exclusive at-home experience where you can um, order a Black Diamond Ball luxury VIP box. So we can this box to your home with some things for you to enjoy with us while you're watching the show. So um, we have that happening. Um, and to find out more, it's blackdiamondballto.com. And you can see what we have happening there and all the information's up there for you. That sounds amazing. So, and headlining this year? Yes, we have Miss Julie Black headline. It's all Canadian. I know usually I bring in an international artist, but you know what? We're playing homage to home right now, homage to home right now. And, you know, it's hard for everyone to travel and all that wonderful stuff. Listen, we're going to have a good time together at home with the Canadian talent. And everybody is actually really superb. Like, we got a great uh, group of performers um, ready for you. So everyone should have a really, really great time. You know, it's a, it's a new thing for me to produce a TV show on a show virtually. So, you know, there's some things that we definitely have to get right. Um, but we're going to work really hard to make sure that we make the magic happen. And one more time, I believe it's complimentary this year to everyone. 
yes, the ball is complimentary. So um, you can either catch it online on February the 27th at 7 p.m. on Hopin, or you can catch it on February 28th on City TV at 5 o'clock p.m. Sean, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've learned a lot about you, but also a lot about the the Black Diamond Ball and the true journey of it becoming because some sometimes we show up at the ball and you know we're like oh this is but we don't actually think of the work that goes into producing such a profound event absolutely there's so many moving parts but you know what we're here for the people you know i you know i have some other also it's so funny because i didn't realize i see in pictures a lot of the promoters from Toronto are at my event. I, I didn't even know who some of these people were. And then I'd see them somewhere and then I'd find out who they were. I'd be like, oh, here's a picture with that. Like everybody's there. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, like it's a lot of work. Um, and you know you're doing well when you have other people who produce events all at your event at the same time, not throwing their event on that day. Right? You know you're doing something right. So definitely. Well. I will see everyone at the Black Diamond Ball because I will definitely be tuning in and participating in any way that I can. Thank you once again, Sean, for sharing space with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Well, having me, us, me here. <laughs> teamwork, dream work. Right? Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Thank you so much. No problem. You've been listening to the Make Your Mark podcast. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at makeyourmark.ca. And please subscribe, rate, and review.